Hello, hello. Welcome to the Creator's Lounge podcast. My goal is to create a short-term podcast that examines a specific field, such as music production or fashion. My hope is that you will hear something of value and apply that to your own life or your own art form, whatever it may be. This season, we are examining music production. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Creators Lounge podcast. I'm so excited to have a guest today. Singer songwriter, name is Connor Sheridan. And Connor, tell us about yourself, my man. Where are you from? What do you do? He is five foot nine and three quarters. He is half Filipino, half white. He is a singer songwriter in Santa Barbara, California. He is 27 years old, brown hair, brown eyes. Um, I. I got into songwriting uh, in my senior year of college, and then um, while I was working at a tech company, I kind of made a deal with myself that I uh, would write 40 songs in six months, and from that came my first little EP. Um, I just wanted to see if I could write songs, and then the, I, I made that little EP, and people kind of liked it, so I did it again. I made a second album, and people liked it even more, and uh, now uh, we're, we're past the point where I'm kind of wondering whether or not I'm going to be good at it, and I'm actually like... This is my first real like, curated album of uh, sort of a cohesive unit telling the same story together. Yeah. Dude, fantastic. I love that. And I mean, I've, I've watched some of your other podcasts. I've seen some of your interviews. Your story is really, really interesting because um, from what I understand, you didn't get into music until, like you said, your senior year. So like, what was like that process for you to kind of get into music more so than other things? Yeah. Um, so I... Uh, when I was working at this tech company, um, that was sort of when I, like, I I was just trying to figure out what it was going to be like for me to work the nine to five all the time. There's just no, there's no summer break. There's no spring break. You're, you just do that. You just, every week you do that same thing. And I, I was trying to figure out a way to, um, sort of build a niche for myself or like do something that felt could work. And um, yeah, so I would, I would bike to work in the morning, do that nine hour thing, come back. Um, and then I would go into my bedroom and just kind of sit there in the bathroom with a guitar and for like three, like two, three, four hours work on a song. And my goal was to like finish songs every day. And that was, that was kind of my goal. I, I got a lot slower as time went on. But um, it, it really just started off with this very slow roll of like, what's it like to write a song? Okay, that was kind of easy. Um, it's not that good, but that was kind of easy. Um, how do I make it better? All right, let's try it this way. Let's try not using the same chords every time. What other chords are there? Um, so I, I continued to, to sort of do that in my bathroom for like, months like six months straight and then i had sort of a little ep that i could show my friends at the end of it and that's how i got to learn uh just kind of go out into the world and ask people like how do you record an album does anybody know anyone who records albums can i have their number and then um showed up and started recording with them that's fabulous man so at the beginning writing music was kind of a therapy for you i guess you could say yeah it was definitely a therapy for me and it was also a real discipline in uh figuring out if it's something i actually wanted to do or if it's just one of those things you say as a kid like oh i would love to be a basketball player but you never really wanted to put in the practice i wanted to see if if anything could materialize from it. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. Uh, I know that so many people, uh, they just run through like, oh, I like this, I like this, I like this. It is not until you get that discipline and tie yourself down to like one thing that you're able to actually see uh, the positive results from it. So I'm curious about that a little bit because you were balancing the nine to five, you were going home and spending like three hours on music. What was the final straw for you to choose music over the nine to five? Yeah, so I was... I was working as a website builder in the day and in the night I would go like once or twice a week, I would go do gigs um, locally or sometimes uh, down in LA. And it, it got to the point where I would show up to work just a little bit tired or, um, or I would need to stay, like I was asked to stay late for my job and I just couldn't stay late uh, because I had 
other things that I needed to be at. It was basically, I, I didn't understand that what I was actually building on the side was a side business. And I originally thought it was a hobby, but then after this, this is, I, I haven't uh, been able to articulate this. So I'm very glad to do it on a podcast. It's helpful. Um, I, I didn't understand that I was making a business. So when my boss asked me, like, I, I need more of your time here. What he was saying was, you have two businesses you're trying to grow right now. And I need you to focus on mine because I'm paying you more. And uh, your other job is kind of getting in the way. I, I think you could really be a, be a real asset to this company if you worked more hours. And you can't work more hours because of your other job. So you should choose a company. And uh, that's... I decided to choose music because both both had the, the opportunity for growth. And um, this was probably the only time in my life that I could make that leap. Dude, that is fantastic. And um, I totally understand what you're talking about. So many of us artists and creators on the internet, the creation aspect of it is usually a side hustle, right? So for so many of us, we have two jobs like you did, nine to five, and then go home and do music or do art or do creation of some kind. And um, what I love about it is that you're basically living the dream and that your side hustle became your main hustle. Was it difficult for you to shift your perspective from uh, splitting time to focusing only on music? Was it difficult for you to, to make that change? It was really difficult to make the transition from part-time music to full-time music because you only had part-times work when it came to music. So like I, I only needed about like 10 to 12 hours a week on it in order to, to, to do what I was doing. But the, the problem was I needed to do more and I wanted to do more. So I wanted to be writing more songs. I wanted to be doing more gigs. And, um, and I also wanted to be good at running the media side of everything, the marketing and advertising side of it, which I'm still really learning. Um, so initially I had way too little work. I was really bored and I caught myself just watching lots of YouTube videos, just kind of like, just, I, 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 I was, I was just putzing a lot of the time. Um, and I would get really uptight about the way that my house was ordered because I just had nothing better to do. And, uh, that's when, <laughs> that's when I started studying, like, because I, I live in Santa Barbara, so that lots of people retire here. So if I go on walks in the middle of the day, who's home? It's retirees. So, uh, like, and a lot of them have their windows open, and it's mostly just men who are 40 years older than me staring at a television, like, all day long. And it's, it's, this, it's this really profound, really sad thing of, like, that's... <laughs> That's probably the default trajectory of all mankind to die on the couch watching television. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and what I needed to learn to do was like, how do I, every time that I want to watch a YouTube video, how do I spend more time reading or writing? Um, like if, because the work just wasn't there yet. Like no one, like m most people weren't hiring me all the time. So it, I, I had to make my own work and, um, to like, how, how can I transfer the impulse to watch YouTube into the impulse to write and the impulse to like learn from other musicians and study other songs and uh, continue to hone my craft while I still have this freedom. This is fabulous stuff. This is gonna be really important for the people who listen. So Connor, I have to ask you this because you're talking about changing your mindset and your actions, right? Um, tell us a little bit, like what were the actual steps you took to make that change if you could? Yeah, the actual steps to um, to sort of change my mindset and actions from from sort of like putting and stalling into actually doing the art is that what you're asking? Right, exactly. So for me, when I watch YouTube, I am typically seeing someone who's way more polished than I am uh, produce pr producing content that's a lot better than a lot of the content that I produce. So then I go into this spiral of. I don't think I'm ever going to get there. And it becomes this really negative thing. And then it becomes self-soothing. So I now need to watch another YouTube video 
in order to like make myself like feel a little appeased so that I can do something passive. So it feels like I'm accomplishing something without doing anything hard. So it's this really negative spiral of like feeling bad about myself and then needing to self-soothe and then using videos as a tool to self-soothe and it just really spirals down. So switching it, <laughs> kind of like flipping that on its head and saying like, yeah, so like flipping it is very important um, because when, when you realize that no amount of talk is going to, uh, like no amount of talk, no amount of watching YouTube videos is actually going to do the thing you're trying to do, which is if you're trying to write a song, then writing a, then like watering your plants is probably not the way to write that song. Like, uh, having another snack is not the way, um, it's very few like you should have an instrument in your hand or you should be like playing with the melody on your tongue going someplace like i i personally my house really distracts me so i need to go for walks um and like take a lap around the block and like hum it in my head so that i can mull over the idea but um getting yourself away from the distractions because they they are actually the thing that's keeping you it, it's not just that they're distracting you they're actually stopping you from being productive like they, they're, they're producing the opposite thing of what you want exactly yeah i totally get that it was really great words it made me think of a quote by bruce lee who said no amount of standing on land will teach you how to swim uh, essentially meaning that you have to get into the water to learn how to swim you have to write a song to know how to write a song um, but as you're going into that, that whole process of doing rather than, than self-soothing or avoiding things, um, what were some ways that you learned other than actually doing it? So other than just writing a song or making a melody, what were some ways that you found to be productive outside of just creating? Yeah, I think that you need to be exposed to different types of music. So uh, I'm a big fan of musicals. Uh, musicals pull from lots of different genres. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the, the Hamilton soundtrack. I'm a big fan of the Hunchback of Notre Dame soundtrack. I'm a big fan of just like everything that Disney did um, and continues to do. I'm a huge fan of Randy Newman recently. He, he came out with an album that is absolutely heartbreaking and fun all at the same time. Um, so... People, people who can play in different styles typically use chords different than the chords that you're using. Um, uh, I also sometimes, I, I was watching these videos from other songwriters who give advice on writing songs. And I, I'm not a big fan of like formulas when it comes to music, but um, I was learning from one guy just about like energy level and him saying like, there should be a flux in energy level like however minimal, but it, it needs to happen. Not just in, not just in the chords that you use, but um, also your energy level needs to rise and fall as the drama of the song unfolds. Um, another guy was saying things like, you need to be playing, like when you're writing a song, write it on an instrument you can't really play that well. So I've been writing songs on piano uh, pretty frequently because I don't have I don't have like a comfortable place at a piano where I like default to playing the same chords. Um, I kind of have to figure it out new every time and then I can go to my guitar and try and translate it back. But it, uh, it opened up, it opens up your mind to, um, new problems to solve. Um, there, yeah, there's lots of YouTube tutorials, but I, I would be careful about, uh, how much you take in. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Don't fall into the T. But yeah, I think that was really interesting. Everything you said was really good. Um, the key thing that I noticed there was you were talking about uh, creating stuff, doing stuff, and then also being surrounded by uh, positive influences. Right. So even if you weren't creating music, you were still surrounding yourself with information about how to write music or other people's music who inspired you or pushed you to make new music. And this is something that I tell so many people is that uh, consuming stuff isn't necessarily bad. Like it's not, it's not bad to watch YouTube if you're watching like tutorials or you're watching, you know, s educational content, right? It's, it's not bad to read as long as you're reading something that's like edifying you or, or building you up. 
So I always tell people they need to be very careful about like what they're consuming and like what kind of actions it's breeding. Right. And I think I caveat to that would be if if you are someone who enjoys watching YouTube for leisure, you need to block out a time and say like this is my half an hour or this is my hour that I'm allowed to watch whatever junk YouTube I want to watch. Like I'm a big fan of like Pokemon video game tournaments on YouTube, but I make sure that I'm not sitting around watching that anytime that the sun is out because that means that I'm wasting the time that I could be spending working. <laughs> I can I can watch <laughs> I can watch competitive doubles Pokemon <laughs> anytime on the low just like on my phone when I'm at a bar or something. I don't need to be doing that like when I'm at home and could be working. Otaku and proud of it, man. Otaku and proud of it. Dude. Pokemon Devils rocks. And I think that's the 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 thing that really draws the the line between uh, the dreamers and the doers is the people who are able to make that shift in mindset and make that shift in action and start uh, doing instead of just thinking about doing. It's really really so important. Yeah, and the ability to to realize that there probably is no easier time to start than right now. Like your, your life only gets more complicated for the most part, your life only gets more complicated as you age. So just like on the, on a grand scale, if you start now, it's going to be a lot easier than starting in a year from now. Right. 100%. 100%. I hope you guys are enjoying the interview. We're going to take a small break and listen to some of Connor's beautiful music. This song comes from his newest album. The song is entitled Letters from Emily. Say I got lost in the night on the way When I came for an answer to pray For the pain in my neck and my face So I sat till the river dried up in the grass Till the green on the court came to match No, this wasn't my legacy or a blessing what came to me like A memory fixed in my mind A color and length predefined This treasured uncertainty No longer talking a lot about drive and determination and doing uh what are your motivators uh you already mentioned before how seeing other older people watching television was kind of a motivator for you to not have that end result so what are motivators for you right now and that push you forward to keep doing what you do 
Yeah, so I have uh, musical influences, like musical heroes, people like Shaky Graves, people like Hosier. Um, and I, I singled those two out because I think that their use of words and their use of songwriting as, uh, as, a, as a way to spark thought is really important. I think that Hosier wrote an album, it's like four years or five years old at this point, but it's a very thoughtful album. And the song um, Someone New is about how men have a tendency and people have a tendency in general to fall in love with multiple people in the span of a day and how the more uh, estranged from that person they are, the easier it is to fall in love with them because love is this like idealized thing in most men's minds. And I think that like Hosier putting that into a very catchy song, it, it not only normalize, like it, it doesn't normalize the behavior so much as, um, so much as like exposes it and introduces it to people who I'm probably like, I'm guessing a lot of girls listen to that song and they're like, ha that's cute but don't really understand that that's how a lot of men's minds work 24 seven. And it takes actual discipline to not fall in love over and over again and to like kind of keep your head on straight. Um, so that's, that's really important. Uh, Shaky Graves came out with a song called um, kids these days, which is like a phrase old people say about young people. Um, but it's a phrase that he now finds himself saying about young people. And it's a phrase um, people continue to say about him. So it's um, just just the idea of superiority, the idea of like you thought you knew better, but you're still just as dumb kind of a thing. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of people who are really thoughtful and catchy. Um, and I hope that my music continues to be that sort of a thing. Um, those are musical influences. And then my like marketing... A uh, person that I listen to a ton of is Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, I'm a huge listener of his podcast, and um, he he really helps motivate me to stop watching uh, even his YouTube channel so that I actually start working again. That is fantastic. I, I love everything you just talked about. Um, I want to go ahead and look at the artist real quick. What I love the most about the artist you mentioned, you had very deep reasons for why you liked their songs and the kind of thoughts that they put into their, their music. Right. So I think the key thing here is that those artists are experiencing life. And so they're putting those experiences into their music. How much have you been able to do that so far with your music? Yeah, my my albums are pretty much my life verbatim. There are things that I don't talk about, but for the most part, they are just a series of um, things I'm going through or have gone through. Uh, what's what's cool about songs is I can be going through stuff, and so it's similar to a journal, but I don't have to show it to you in chronological order. I can take page 7, I can take page 30, I can take page 40, put those into a little album. And uh, basically what I did with this album is, like, it's all it's all stuff based off of my experience, but I wrapped it in, in a story, and, like, the songs are actually, they're about me, but they're also about uh, characters who are not me, Um in a story and you can, you can follow that story through the album. Um, and that's, that's primarily what those songs do. And then you can kind of like peel back the onion a little bit and think about how it applies to me. But they're, they're all based on my life and the things that I'm learning. And um, I think I'm just learning how to mask it a little bit better so that I can be a bit more vulnerable. Love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it, it takes practice to be able to uh, put your own life into song. Uh, for one thing, like making it sound good. For another thing, uh, being brave enough to be that vulnerable, you know? So I think that's really cool that you've gotten to that place. Um, other thing I want to talk about a little bit was Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, huge shout out to that guy. If our listeners are not, have not heard about him, please search him up. Gary V is the, the more common way we refer to him, but he is seriously incredible. How did you find uh, Gary Vaynerchuk? What, and what made him stand out to you, Connor? Um, since I was a kid, I played volleyball, so... I'm very used to white men yelling at me to do better and to get my head out of my butt. <laughs> um, and that, that's, that's sort of what he does for me. He, he reminds me. Uh, so I, I ran into him just some viral Instagram clip that was happening. Um, and I 
looked at his page, ended up following him. Um, and yeah, just ended up looking, looking down through his feed and seeing a whole bunch of his phrases and watching some of his videos. And one of the things I really enjoyed, I, I was, I was pretty skeptical from him at first because his, uh, depending on which videos you watch, you could get a very different read on him. The first one was like, you need to be working. When you wake up, you work. When you go to the bathroom, you work. When you like get off of work, you get, go to your second job and that's how you get money so that you can do the thing you want to do. Like no excuses. And I was like, dang, this guy's way too hardcore. And I saw this other video where this kid walked up to him and he's like, dude, I'm just not I'm just not able to hustle right now. I'm like super sad. My life isn't really good right now. And Gary Vee just looks at him and goes, what happened? Um, he's like, did your girlfriend dump you? Someone die? He's like, my girlfriend broke up with me. My grandma's in the hospital. And Gary Vee is like, dude, you're emotional and you need time to be emotional. So do that three, four months. It doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter. Go do that thing. Feel those things and then come back and work. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, I actually really like that. Um, cause it, he, he, he seems to have a really simplistic mindset in the best way around what is it that you are striving for the most? What is it that you want? Go get it, go get it. And if right now your, um, your parents, uh, have recently fallen ill or something like that, what you need is to like, if, if your heart is like crying out for them, you need to go be with them. That's the number one thing. If you are, uh, if you like still care about your business more than them, then like, that's like, then, then that's what you need to reconcile. But in general, like you are the one who gets to decide the pace that you go, but please don't complain when your slow pace doesn't get you where you wanted to be. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's that's where I really um, kind of resonated with him. Basically, uh, the thing about Gary, it's so interesting, is that he has so many different sides while still being the same person. Like that's what strikes me. Yes, he's a businessman, so he has like those do 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 videos, and then he also is a very empathetic, where he can care about the person, you know, and connect with them on that level. Um, and you mentioned about the emotional aspect for the the person in that video's life. How much do emotions affect your creativity? Um all the way <laughs> i am not the most emotionally stable person you ever met it's very easy to sink me down i recently watched her which uh i know that i'm like seven years too late on that but that movie is brutal that movie is so human and it is so uh so touching and just so just heart-wrenching and immediately after after watching the movie, I had to go do a gig and was just in like the lowest emotional state humanly possible. Um, so I, I, I get like, I get thrown very constantly just based on the kinds of things that I watch or whatever I expose myself to. So I'm, I'm very easily tossed by my emotions. Um, but I try to, regardless of the emotional state that I'm in, I try to, uh, when it comes to songwriting, um, just get that on the page. Like, it doesn't matter if you're really happy or really sad or angry. I think that what what's really good in art is when you can capture it on the page for what it really sounded like. So if you need to cuss at somebody, um, I hope you don't. I hope you like just write it down. But um, like getting getting the actual swear verbiage is really important because those those types of things come in handy in art. And later on, when you're in a songwriting time, you can pull from the the like very true emotions that you had in the past um and then fit them into a narrative love that the authenticity i think is the important thing uh because as songwriters like that's what you're trying to do right is you're trying to get your most authentic self uh to the public so that they can relate with it uh while not sacrificing like who you are and what you want to say uh, that's a very valuable insight there you talked about how you had to do a show after being so emotional um, tell me, like, how were you able to handle that situation? Just put your head down and bear it? Or, or was there some kind of, like, is there tips you have for people who struggle with emotions that still need to clock that work? Um, for people who struggle with emotions, I would say make sure that you have decent self-talk and that you're able to regulate your self-talk. Um, when I'm feeling low, like, there's, there's a difference between, like, feeling low on the surface, like, the waves are kind of rumbling, but, like, deep down, you're totally fine. 
um, like there, you, you can always talk yourself down off of that. But if you're like uh, at your core, you're not okay. Um, and you still need to do the job. Um, I always just try it. Like I, I kind of have like my, my stage persona is just, it's, it's just myself. It's just normal Connor, but it's kind of like this, um, hyper aware sort of cloud nine Connor, where I, I tell jokes a lot more than I do <laughs> in real life. Um, I'm, I'm wittier just because my mind is racing. Um, but but that's, that's just sort of a muscle that I've built up is like, even when I personally don't feel good about myself at all, um, I know that I can pull out this skill that I have, just like how a carpenter on a really bad day could still like make a good chair. I think that I can still put on a really good show even when I feel awful about myself. And, um, and that, that just comes with time, just knowing that you know, so much, so much of real performance is being present with the audience and being vulnerable with the audience. But, um, on a bad day, you can, uh, <laughs> you can go back to old jokes that you said in the past. You can rely on the work you've already done. Um, if, if you need it, um, although that's not like, <laughs> if you continue to do that, that means you'll become outdated and, um, uh, your art will kind of stagnate. But on your worst day, falling back on your prior work is not a bad idea because that can still stand for you. Love that. Fantastic advice. Time for another music break. This time the song is called For the Weaver. It comes from Connor's newest album. I hope you enjoy. Come anything Don't you run Sirens call in the open sea for our one for the weaver and one take this chance to, to delve into this a little bit more because touring is a huge part of your career um talk to me a little bit about how you got into touring in the very first place um, i got into touring because a whole bunch of people say you should come here have you ever gone here um the typical answer was no and i i have a mentality that i don't want to better than anything. I'm not too good to tour. I just had a notion that touring would not be very lucrative for me. And it also like, it sounded fun to be out on the road, but it also sounded a bit lonely. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it, but, um, people continued to say like, you should try it. Uh, it's so cool. It's so trying. Um, so I, without any real knowledge, I started reaching out to friends that had houses who would be willing to set up house concerts. I reached out to like 10 venues a day for months on end. Um, and it, what I learned is that people at my stage of career have a very hard time getting gigs um, throughout the country. And if you do get a gig, you're probably playing to a room with hardly any people in it. And that can feel very, very deflating when you, when you go out uh, hundreds of miles to a room with nobody in it. That's, um, that's kind of a challenging like heart check of why am I here and having to like redefine vision. Um, so yeah, how I got into it was just cold calling <laughs> and then showing up and seeing how it went. 
That's fantastic, man. And I want to jump back real quick because you talked about how difficult it was to play for uh, empty rooms, essentially. Uh, how did you deal with that mentally? I play for empty rooms all the time. Um, I don't think I'm above playing to empty rooms. Uh, it always, always defeats me. Uh, at like In some place in my heart, there's always like a real stab that happens. Uh, because I don't want to ever play to an empty room. That's not the point. But, um, like, that's how we all started, right? Like, you, like, we all start by playing in rooms by ourselves. And then that's how we got to learn who we were musically. And that's how uh, we even got gigs in the first place. So when whenever I do get to play an empty room, that's sort of where... I, I try to, as much as I can, like mentally bring it back to the place of like, you know, let's just, let's just pretend like I'm practicing at home. Like I'm pra like, let's pretend like I'm currently practicing for the next gig in my home by myself, um, which you practically are. Um, and if no one's listening, why not like try a couple new things and, um, and see, see, yes, see, see where you can improve. Um, so that, that's all I really try to do with, with those is like, understand that it's all, it's all just one piece of the puzzle. I'm in these last like three years, I've done almost 400 gigs and it is, uh, like so many of those are to empty rooms and, uh, so much of the job is the opposite of glamorous, but, um, like it's, it's, it's about making art that people like that, that will move people. And, um, the way that I pay for my albums is by playing gigs and the way that people hear about me is by me playing gigs. So I'm going to keep playing gigs. I absolutely love that. My man, Connor, uh, it's just incredible your mindset on those situations because for so many people that would break them and for you 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 said that it's like a stab in the heart but at the same time your mentality is i'm going to grow from this or i'm going to use this for my advantage i think that's so important for people to hear because honestly in this business you're going to hear no more times than you hear yes and the important thing is not to focus on that no it's to focus on the opportunity that's that's at hand yeah i think um one of the things that i've learned in this last year and really took to heart in this podcast little spurt that I did was sending out like 30 to 40 emails a day for like the last month. And I'm going to hopefully get to 20 podcasts by, by like the end of next week. And that will like, that to me is success. <laughs> like, like that was my, that was my stretch goal, but like, but just like quickly do that math, like 40 times 30, that's 1,200 emails, uh, converting 20, like low percentages there, very low percentages. Um, but like that's, that's just how, like <laughs> the more you get into business, like when you look at uh, like email open rates or click-through rates, or you look through um, what else, just like typical uh, cold calls and sales, um, like the numbers are just like that. Like the numbers are one in 10, maybe two in 10. And that, that is just something we have to grow a skin for because if you, yeah, I, I, I want people to hear the music. <laughs> so, so I need to, I need to get their, yeah, I need to get their attention. I want to ask real quick because obviously um, cold calling and reaching out to hundreds of people, that's something that you can either do skillfully or unskillfully, um, I feel like anyway. Nobody likes to have like a spam person who just hits them up randomly. So what are your tips for people on how to contact uh, strangers in a productive way, in a meaningful way? I am unskillful in this, um, so I would uh, defer back to... Um any any tips given by Gary V. Um, the main one being offer them something, uh, like give them more than they can give you. So when I'm reaching out to travel blogs or when I'm reaching out to uh, wedding photographers, I'm sending them my songs and saying, hey, I would love to email you this song for free in exchange for a shout out on your page. This This song in particular works really well with people in your industry. 
like in, within like the wedding industry or within the travel blog industry. Like I know that because um, I I put my I put my music onto sites that um, sell my music to like travel bloggers that sell my music to uh, wedding videographers and they sell it to them for like 20, 30 bucks, sometimes 60 bucks. And it's, it's per use. So if I reach out to somebody and I'm, I'm saying like, I would love to give you the song in exchange for a shout out, that's 20 bucks that person gets to save. Um, and that, that means that the, like my song gets to be someone's wedding video. So <laughs> when they're, when they're showing uh, their wedding video to their friends, which you do, that's a common thing. Uh, my song's going to be there and it's going to have my tag in it. And some people are going to click it. Doing that hundreds of times is, <laughs> is it, it's a lot, but it's a, it's a good way. Like trying to offer them something. Fabulous. I love that. I love that. And again, like that goes back to your point of wanting to impact people positively with your music. Like if it's on a wedding video, like that's a positive impact, right? Like that's a meaningful situation. So it kind of works out both ways. I mean, you get your music out there more, plus you, you achieve your goal of, of, you know, helping someone or, you know, just inspiring people with your music. I love that. Um, would you say that your networking skills have improved since, uh, getting into like the business side of music. Yeah, I've always been more of a people person. Um, that's, that's my main interest in being in music is having conversations and looking people in the eye and having a genuine interaction with people. Um, so that, that's always been really good. Um, what I've learned in terms of networking, networking is super different than friendship. And I think friendship is something that I really tried to practice. Like everyone tries to practice friendship. And then you get out of college and then people use the term networking event. And I'm like, what the heck is a networking event? What, what does that mean? And it means like these people don't necessarily want to be your friend. They want to meet you and to like know how to reach you if they need to. Um, and that, that can evolve into friendships. But I like that. That's probably been the biggest growth area is learning like, okay, what is a friend? Okay. What is an acquaintance? Okay. That's what that is. But like, I'm, I'm very friendly to everybody, but just like personally trying to navigate, like wh what am I expecting of this person? Is that expectation called for or uncalled for? Most of the time it's uncalled for. And, uh, yeah, working around that. It, it, it's super interesting. We're talking a little bit about um, the marriage of business and music. Share your thoughts on that a little bit if you could, Connor. How do you feel about how music and business are kind of uh, intertwined in a lot of aspects, especially for independent musicians like yourself? Yeah, I'm all about music and business intersecting because business is a very big part of the world and uh, art reflects life. So, um, Art should be reflecting business, art should be reflecting religion, art should be reflecting just typical life stuff. And um, I'm, I'm a big fan of business, like learning the business side of things, because if, if you get really good at marketing, or if you get really good at sales, or if you just get really good at human relationships, um, while you're pursuing your music career, and like, God forbid something happens, but like, uh, you like break one of your fingers or like you break two of your fingers or something like that. And you're not able to do that job anymore. Or like something happens to your throat. I don't know. Uh, something happens. You have built business skills that are applicable in every company. Like you, we all want to provide value to the world. We all want to contribute to the world in a positive way. And so if you continue to grow in in music but also in some of the business things then then you can serve not just other artists in music but you could actually serve businesses and you could like you know at thanksgiving when your families are kind of questioning what's going on with their careers what's going on with their businesses you can chime in and <laughs> be a positive contribution to the conversation absolutely man and I think that's fantastic that you're talking about here. Um, what I think is so interesting is that a lot of us go into the art field having multiple skills, right? So maybe you go into music, but you also know how to do graphic design. You also know how to do architecture, whatever it may be. 
what I find interesting is that the more you focus on one thing, those other skills are able to come into play. Similar like what you're talking about with business here. I agree. I mean, I was building websites for so many years. And then um, when I got into the music business, figuring out how to build my own website, I knew how to do that. And I was able to uh, build websites for a couple other people when I needed some cash so that I could continue doing the music stuff. And that's really important. Mm, definitely. Uh, also, Connor, you put out a lot of digital content. I wanted, to, I wanted to know if I could ask, are you the one who makes all the content or do you have other people helping you with that? I make all the content. Fabulous. Uh -huh. And I, I, I wanted to make sure because I wanted to send like some support because uh, uh, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are also creators and individuals who are trying to build their brand. And uh, they definitely have doubts. I feel like some of the people I talk to who listen to the show, they have doubts about whether they're doing a good job at their marketing or doing a good job on the visuals they put together because it's not their forte. And so uh, I just want people to hear like that you're doing it and you're doing it quite successfully. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, if anybody wants to look at my page, just go to my Instagram page and uh, like throughout this entire album release, I got to learn After Effects, like Adobe After Effects. And if you <laughs> scroll down to like when um, some of the, like I, I just made a lot of motion graphic um, sort of stuff. So if you go down to the bottom, it's like the simplest thing ever. And then you'll get to the middle and they start to like actually move and do things. And then you get to the top and then the text is just getting kind of silly. Like it's just kind of getting over the top because it's me just basically it's, it's you're watching, like you can very clearly watch me learn after effects in the last month and what skills I was practicing and what I was finding kind of fun or silly or, uh, or interesting over the last month. And, um, that if <laughs> one one of my big things that I want people to see from my life is that um, it's process, and I want to be very uh, upfront about my process so that no one no one's ever just like, man, this guy's like here, this guy's tight. Like I want everybody to be like, yeah, I remember that guy when he was lame. Yeah, now he's tight. <laughs> I love that that authenticity, man. That realness. That's that's really fantastic. Uh, one more thing I want to touch on here because we talked about balancing music and business. Other thing that a lot of people might struggle with is balancing relationships and music. Do you have any experience with this that you could talk about for the audience? So I'm married. I've been married for almost two years now, and what I've learned is that it's not so much art that gets in the way or like me wanting to songwrite, but um, relationships don't really happen on accident. And there's a lot of friends that I'll end up not seeing for a few weeks just because I've been busy with doing my own stuff. Um, and I'm not so busy that I couldn't hang out. I just didn't plan a lunch, a lunch. If, if, if I did plan one lunch, or two lunches with a couple of my guy friends every week, I would be a maybe 200% better friend in general, but I lack that discipline and at times will. Uh, like I always wanna see them, but it just takes a little bit of discipline. It takes driving to go see them and having that lunch and eating out um, or like not eating out, but packing a lunch outside of your house. Um, so that, it just takes a lot more planning. Um, and there are days where I have a gig Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And uh, my wife and I are trying to figure out when do we get to hang out? When do we get to have time together? And like having, <laughs> having an actual calendar, I use Google Calendar and I share it with her and being like, okay, I'm busy all of these nights, which means that um, it's just going to be hard to see you. Can we do lunch all of these days? Just like I take you out to lunch and we can sit down and talk about your day. And then when I do get home from my gig, I'll have already heard from you a little bit. And then you can just continue catching me up on a couple extra things um, so that I'm not like falling behind on what's happening in your life. That is fabulous. So the key points here are be very deliberate about making time for people, whether it's a, a husband or a wife, whether it's friends, whether it's family, just be very deliberate about it. I like that. Um, Connor, thank you so much for sharing about that. And I want to go ahead and go into the last part of our uh, podcast segment since we're running a little bit late on time. 
So uh, the last part is going to be some random questions, just spitfire, you know, answer as fast as you can. Just very fun stuff, okay? Great. All right. What is your favorite social media? Instagram. What is your favorite food? Quesadilla. What is your favorite weekend activity? Volleyball. What countries do you want to visit? Ireland. What's your favorite color? Blue. And what languages do you speak? English, partially Spanish, enough to use Craigslist with Spanish speaking. <laughs> and maybe enough to use like some skills to set up a gig as well? <laughs> yeah, possibly. A very simple gig. Possibly. Try it, man. Try it. <laughs> All right, Connor, thank you so much, man. Like, we've we gotten to so many topics on this podcast. Uh, I think we covered a lot of things that are going to be very valuable to the listeners. Is there any last words you want to leave the audience with? Any last things you want to tell them? Uh, just thanks so much for listening. Uh, feel free to check me out anywhere. Um, as long as you can spell my name, you can find all my stuff. This new album that I put out, it's called The Choices of John Still. By far the best thing I've ever made. Um, it's the thing that all of my friends are saying, you know what? I used to listen to your old stuff cause I was your friend, but this is the thing I listen to just cause I like it. Um, so I highly recommend people listening to it. All right. Awesome. Connor, thank you so much. Everybody check him out. Connor Sherland. He is fantastic. I'm going to give you guys links to his stuff. Click on it, click on it, click on it. And we will see you next time. Thank you again. Oh, come and see the dusty hall. A mess is still the doctor's wife In the everlasting tapestry A thread removes so we can choose this life With the mixtures he makes his mind Too dark a place to live All alone in his room He paints the walls with what he wants What you'll do for him Don't you question my motives Dear, I loved you more than I could stand The pheromones will work again Bring me one more for them I know mm-hmm. I know For good reason We'll fight the fates and try to win To be free With the echoes Ringing in his mind Was this meant to be Roll!